What a play by Tony Walter. Ian Desmond with his 15. Check swing roller. Check swing roller. That was a rocket ship taking off. This ball is long gone. Holbrook, Blackman, we're tied. Tulowitzki. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Rockies podcast on your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Get anything you need for your car at rockauto.com. Literally, trust me, they have everything. In today's episode, we have lots to talk about. The Rockies are freaking killing it, you guys. I mean, I know that they lost one to uh, to the Mariners, and we're going to get into that exactly why that happened and everything, but they're 15 games into this 60-game season, meaning they're a fourth of the way done, and they're the third best record in all MLB right now, right? Like... The only teams who are higher than them are the Cubs and the A's, at least with their, like, uh, winning percentage record, which can be a little skewed. It can be a little um, misleading, right? Because I think the Marlins are, like, right behind the Rockies because they've played less games. So their winning percentage is higher, but they've played less games. So you have to do take a look at that and everything like that. But right now the Rockies, and at the beginning of the season, since since this season began... The Rockies have been at a 3.5% chance of making it to the playoffs this year. Yet they lead their division. They're um, ahead of the Dodgers in their division. They lead the NL aside from, again, the Cubs. They also only had a 1% chance of winning their division. And like I said, they're in the lead for their division. So if those projections and expectations of this team are correct we're going to see a really big losing streak coming up. And if they're wrong, then the Rockies keep winning and um, hopefully you put money on them to win their division because they're, if they keep winning like this, that's exactly what they're going to do. Like I said, they're a fourth of the way done. So if we were to take the number of wins they have now, and which is 11, and multiply it by four because it's going to be that's one-fourth of the entire season, right? They'd finish with 44 out of 60 wins. Pretty good record. That leaves them at a 70, well, 0.733333333333 affinity um, winning percentage, right? So 73% winning chance of winning. That would be higher than last year's 106-win Dodger team, whose winning percentage was 65 percent um let's see if the nationals last year who ended up being world series champs only had a 57 percent win percentage so uh if that's the case the rockies will definitely go to the postseason will definitely have some success obviously that means that they continue winning at the rate that they're winning at now which is not necessarily as likely, right? As time goes on, there's more opportunities to lose. There's also more opportunities to win, but in baseball, it's more likely that you will miss a pitch um, than you will hit the ball. So that can be an issue, right? And when your best player is slumping like Nolan Arenado, or at least that's what people are saying, that he's slumping, right? He gets an off day on their last game in Seattle, 
and um, a lot of stuff happens. <laughs> stuff that you don't want to see happen happened in that game. And I hope that that game really brought some appreciation for Nolan Arenado and just the magic that he brings to that position because I think Rockies fans can be a bit, and myself included, right? Like, we take Nolan for granted. We don't realize how incredible some of his fielding and his defense really is um, all the time. He's literally always on point when it comes to his fielding. And so, uh, and, and that's a testament to just like his work ethic and his dedication to the trade, but Owings had a chance to play third and he really struggled. He really struggled. He caused a few, um, I don't want to put all the blame on him, right? Because offense can come back and take over a game. And if you outscore a team, like that's all it takes. But if you give another team opportunities to really score when they probably shouldn't score, get on base and give them opportunities to be on base in scoring position when they shouldn't be on base, then it, it does have a little bit to do with you. And, and unfortunately, Owings really struggled at third in his first appearance at third. A uh, couple of major errors that he made bobbling the ball a little bit, um, not to mention the fact that he... Uh, kind of threw a wild pitch to first instead of getting the ball there as effectively as Nolan Arenado does. It must be really hard. I don't want to come down hard on Chris Owings because I, what I don't want to say is like, well, you're not as good as Nolan Arenado. Well, duh. No one's as good as Nolan Arenado at that position. So of course, Chris Owings is going to struggle, right? But he missed a couple of plays that he could have made that would have kept the Rockies out of a tougher situation. They only lost by two runs and it most definitely could have been prevented. Um, but that's why you don't take Nolan Arenado for granted, right? That's why you listen to him. And, um, Nolan never takes off days. So it really is something like that. We don't really get to see that often. And we don't often get to see somebody, um, just point out the very, very big difference between Nolan and anybody else. And it all depends on how the ball bounces on any given day. But in the past, when Nolan's been off, I haven't seen the, the third baseman, who, whoever it was at that time, who filled in for him. I haven't seen them struggle as much as Chris Owings really did struggle. And big shoes to fill. So again, I don't want to come down too hard on Chris Owings, but it was preventable, that loss. And every win matters in these games. Every single win matters because we're a fourth of the way done with this season. So is Nolan slumping or not? And who's the best batter on this team after the break? It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo, 
of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. Promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. The answer to the question before the break, is Nolan Arenado slumping or not? Let's, I mean, there's so many different ways to look at this angle, right? Nolan's 0 for 5. He went 0 for 5 in Saturday night's performance. So Sunday, he got an off day. He got a day of rest. But not only is he 0 for 5, just because those are the most, or in that Saturday game, but he's really struggled over the last three games. Um, in the last three games, including both games, well, Seattle, of course he didn't, um, in that last game, but on the Saturday game, the Friday game in Seattle, and then of course the game before that in San Francisco, last three games that he played in, he's had a total of, let's see here, 13 at bats. So he's, he's been to the plate more than that, but he's had 13 at-bats in that time, and he walked once. That was it. He didn't get a hit. He didn't hit a home run, but he got a walk once. So he got on base one time in that entire time. No RBIs. In his last seven games with 27 at-bats, he has only gotten three hits, three home runs, and he had four RBIs with three walks. I will say... The, the, the thing that I think most when I, when I think of this slump, I hate, I hate saying it about players, right? Because you hate calling out players saying, oh, well, they're slumping or whatever because you know that they're going to either hear that or read that or see that and the whole league is going to be talking about it, especially when it's a guy like Nolan Arenado. But the thing that the reason why I would call Nolan slumping right now is more about his extra base hits. He really, this season, has only been hitting singles or home runs. He really hasn't had a lot of doubles or a lot of triples, which is something that I think is typically something that I see in Nolan when he's at the plate. He's capable of getting on base, getting extra bases with his hits, and that's not something that's so typical in this season. That's why I would think, I I would consider calling him in a slump, you know? Yeah, over the last three games, has he not got a hit? Okay, that's fair. And he does get three or four plate appearances in in each of each game that he plays in because he plays the whole thing. At the very least, he's getting three um, at-bats, maybe four, sometimes five. And he has struggled a little bit with those extra base hits. He's only hitting, um, his batting average is only a 185, which is pretty low, but... His OPS is 614, a little higher than 50%, right? So it's a little bit better because of those extra home runs that he's gotten. But only three home runs. He's struggling a little bit. Do I worry about it? No, because it's Nolan Arenado. He brings way more to a game than just his bat. Do the Rockies definitely want to see him and (laughs) hit the ball? Yeah, of course. Do Rockies fans need him to hit the ball? Eh, I wouldn't. I, I don't think that this team is at a loss if Nolan doesn't get a hit in a game. 
this team has more offense than Nolan Arenado. If, if anything, they're at a loss when Nolan's not on the field for defense. And that seems to be very clear after that game in Seattle last night. But what's not so clear is, is his, his impact on the offense. Of course, when Nolan's slugging, it's great. But this team now has more pieces around it where they don't necessarily need to rely solely on Nolan's bat. And I don't think that they ever really relied solely on Nolan's bat. They've had good offense. Trevor Story, in particular, is really coming into his own this season. He's um, been featured this morning on uh, a Ken Rosenthal piece, in fact, about him being overrated or underrated and what do people really think about him. And, and it seems like, as a league as a whole, players believe and staff believe that Trevor Story is very underrated, not only for what he does on the field, but also for his bat. Trevor is looking really good this season. I have been very, very impressed. He's only earning $3 million this season, which is pretty crazy. That's his prorated portion of his $27.5 million contract that will take him into free agency, but he's slugging well okay his batting average or his on-base percentage is a 364 which I prefer than batting average right his on-base percentage likelihood to get on base is pretty high he's got five home runs and he's OPS is an 898 now remember I just told you Nolan Arenado is at a 641 I think that's right um I don't remember these numbers like even when I just say them which is so annoying yeah, a 614. So I flipped some numbers. 614, which is much lower than what you are getting from Trevor Story, right? His OPS is an 898. That's almost 900. He is definitely an elite talent when it comes to his bat and his glove. Not just known for one. Not only that, but Trevor has his strikeout rate, his chase rate, and his swing swinging strike rate down this season. His walk rate and contact percentage are way up. So you know that you don't have to rely just on Nolan when it comes to batting. And guess what? That's not even the best part. The best part is that you still have Charlie Blackman, whose OPS, by the way, is a 1.187. So when you when I mentioned that Trevor Story has been good at the plate, well, you better believe that Charlie Blackman, Daniel Murphy have both also been really great on, at the plate. OPS is, is their on-base percentage plus their slugging percentage, right? So Daniel Murphy also has an OPS of a 1.018. Tra- Charlie Blackman, like I mentioned, 1.187, leading the team there in OPS. Charlie's slugging rate right now is a 695. Pretty amazing if I say so. So my point is just to say that while Nolan happens to be struggling at the plate, I don't believe that this Rockies offense is doomed. I think that giving Nolan a chance to stop pressing, to stop chasing, to really relax at the plate and get his his confidence or his swing back on track, like whatever he needs is going to be what's best for him. He had that off day. He hates off days. So I don't know necessarily that an off day is what Nolan needs, but maybe it was exactly what he needed. We'll see tonight, right? 
Uh, Rockies head to Arizona for their next series. Actually going to be doing a podcast with the host of Locked On Diamondbacks for you guys, a crossover pod this week. So be keep an eye out for that, right? But just remember, Nolan not being able to hit at the plate is not the biggest deal in the world. Nolan being on the field to play defense is important whether he's getting hits or not. You have other guys on this team, not to mention, the. I mean, I've already mentioned a few of the guys who are at the top of, of that um, batting average, OPS, on-base percentage, all that stuff. But you also have good, great hitters who haven't really broken out yet. David Dahl has done a great job so far, but I don't think that he has really gone in full stride just yet as well as Ryan McMahon, right? Ryan McMahon hasn't hasn't hit as well as I think all of us kind of thought he would just because last season he came out really strong right out the gate. But McMahon also himself is at an OPS of 633, which is pretty good for where he's at. Him and once McMahon and David Dahl really get get their stride, I think that this team is capable of of keeping their win percentage where they're at. The likelihood of it happening is tough because it's really hard, right? When you're, if you get an A on a test, it's hard to get an A plus because you're probably like one percentage, the percentage of points go down, but it's much easier to get lower than an A because that's a much bigger category. So don't lose hope in these Rockies. It's been fun watching them play so far and it's going to be fun watching them dominate Arizona. This is going to be important for them to win because Arizona's at the bottom of uh, the division right now. Every win counts, but also we we want to see the Rockies win in against teams that they should win against, right? Don't just win against teams that really push you or teams that are really good. You want to you don't want to play down to your opponent. You want to kind of blow out your opponent, especially when they're within your division because it helps you win your division, which is exactly what the Rockies need. They need to make sure they win this division. And that way, whether the Dodgers get in or not, the Rockies will get in. Keep going hard for the Rockies. This is their year. That's going to do it for me on this episode of the Locked on Rockies podcast on your Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.